Hello, everybody, and welcome back. It is Monday, July 11th, 2022, and you're listening to episode 142 of the Can I Say Something podcast. I'm your host, Anna Reckless, with a juicy caboose, Damien. Joining me today is... Derek McDuff. And... Edge. On today's show, the God of Thunder is back. We'll be diving deep into the newest entry in the MCU, Thor Love and Thunder. But before that, we'll be discussing what we've been watching, including Stranger Things Volume 2, The Boys Season 3, and much, much more. Right into the show, bicycle at gmail.com, bicycle on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, rate and review on Apple Podcast, tell a friend, family member, or stranger. What's up, guys? How are we doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I don't know if I can match that energy, but I'm, I'm doing well. <laughs> I definitely can't. You definitely can. Yes, 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 yes. I never know what to go with. You know, the the Midnight Boys got that sort of like, let's go. I'm Charles Holmes. I'm this guy with the receding hairline. Woo, let's go. Pew, pew. Midnight Boys, pew, pew. Let's fucking do it. Maybe we can't match that energy because you haven't given us a cool nickname and sound effect. Yeah. No nickname. Yeah, we need no to have our effects. own thing. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. We need to have like a like a blam blam or some shit like that. <laughs> blam blam. Blam. Yeah. Yeah, right on the spot, Dion. Go ahead. What, what's your nickname, Dion? The, the uh, character actor, give... not Noah. All right, you are the leader of this supergroup, bud, and and <laughs> and I don't bestow okay. my own nickname. I gotta, you gotta give me one, you know. Yeah, I know. What, you can't. What's, what's a quick nickname for me? Uh, the, the the Philistine, the the troglite Philistine. You there had you that go. for a you while. Yes, thank you, you. thank you. There you go. I'll, I'll give you that one. I now, what sound for... effect does that make? Is it like a like a pterodactyl? Yeah. I'm flapping my arms right now. There you go. That's it. I'm flapping my arms right now. What does that remind you of? The the that that scene in Evolution where he's like, "What's the what's the uh, what's the call? What's the um, bird call? Kakaw, kakaw, tiki tiki." Tiki tiki kaka kaka. We've established oh that tiki tiki kaka. Yeah, I was, not saying, I was like, I don't recall this, but that sounds really familiar, and it's yeah. making me upset. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's from Evolution, the 2009-2000 movie with David Duchovny and Orlando Jones. Wow. Right? What a, yeah, what so which one of us is David, which one's Orlando, and which one's Julianne Moore? That's the question. <laughs> oh, dude, Derek's all on board right now for this. <laughs> yeah. I call I call being Julianne Moore. Okay, all right, I'm just going to claim my Orlando state Jones. right now. I feel like Such I got great. that wild okay. Orlando Jones energy. So that makes that makes Dion David Duchovny. Duchovny. Yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. All we right. got it. All right, there you go. We got All it. Right. We figured, figured it, out. it out. We great. got there, guys. We got it. <laughs> we got it. We got it, guys. So we're recording this. We're coming to you live on July tenth, twenty twenty-two. As of this weekend, the Top Gun, the top grossing movie so far of this summer. We're going to the summermoviewager.com. Me and Derek are doing it. Dan is not, but Top Gun Maverick right now. As of this recording, yeah. domestic box office is $597 million. They crossed the billion-dollar mark. The first movie, first Tom Cruise movie. Can you believe this? The first Tom Cruise movie to bank a billion dollars worldwide. Isn't that crazy? It's it's The way this movie is behaving is insane because it, it got a pretty good opening. Not like a 
crazy good opening, but it is, like, barely declining every week. Like, every week it's like, oh, this is the second most that a movie's ever made in its sixth week behind Avatar. This is the second most that a movie's ever made in its seventh week behind Avatar. So it's behaving like a movie from, like, the 80s in terms of just, like, a summer blockbuster. Because usually it's just, like, nowadays, especially after the pandemic with the release window being shortened so much, it's like you just got to make all your money in, like, the first week and then maybe the weeks two and three and then you're done. But this movie is still chugging along a month two months still, later still 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 going uh so we got dr strange yeah. coming at number two uh with 411 million dollars number three is jurassic world dominion at 350 million dollars uh the rise of minions the minions the gentle minions came the to the minions. theaters this week to see the minions rise of grew it's got 210 million it's in fourth place so let's go for the scores who is the top scorer in the summer movie wager it is me it's it's your boy damien sitting on the top spot <laughs> with, for now for now okay i was i was i was up there last <laughs> week yes. uh i tumble i t- i had quite a fall but still yeah. i uh i will come back yeah. i'll come back yeah you were there your pronouns are was were you were there okay but you're not there now <laughs> <laughs> enjoy this moment in the sun damien because watch thor love and thunder is gonna come up to number two which is gonna okay. bump doctor strange down to number three I got means that had light year, so I think that I'm going to look pretty good at the end of this. I'm just saying. <laughs> Nobody had Top Gun, so that's yes. going to affect us all the same. Yeah, you have Top Gun at number eight, so you're kind of, that's not, yeah. that's not great for you. Nobody. It doesn't. <laughs> eight, it, eight, you're, you're, it, as long, unless you're within one or two, it doesn't matter. Sure. So we're going to both get three points from Top Gun. Sure. It doesn't matter how far I'm it off. It doesn't matter. That, so. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else we got? So the, the, the ones I got right correctly, right on top, right on the bed, right in the head, mm-hmm. Dr. Strange at number two. Everyone has that except for David and Derek. You have it at number four, unfortunately. Um, or is that how that uh, works? I got it at three. Three. I got okay. It at three. Okay. And which it will. I pre- I think I watched Thor: Love and Thunder. It's yeah. gonna knock it down to number three. Mm. And so I'm gonna get those points. It's I'm gonna not, get those points. You just watch. It's not doing well at the uh, the letterbox or not the letterbox. The uh, Rotten Tomatoes has it at 69. percent Nice for the critics score. I think audience gave it like 80. percent So it's ugh. yeah. I, th- I think that you know, reception is well, really gonna hurt office, it. And this is called the summer okay. movie wager. It's it's okay. it's about the yeah. box. It's not about the Rotten Tomatoes score. Sure, it's not the Rotten Tomato <laughs> movie wager. Yeah, if we're playing the Rotten Tomato game, it would be a very different game. But yes. We're playing the box office game. Yes. So is this was is Thor: Love and Thunder like the biggest? It's going to be the biggest release of the year so far. So we're done with the big releases, correct? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I so mean, uh, yeah. the Super Friends Dogs what? one hasn't come out yet. <laughs> yeah. So for the things that still have to be coming out that are yeah. still on the list, we have Nope, Jordan Peele's Nope coming out July 22nd, DC League of Super Pets coming out July 29th, and we also have Bullet Train August 5th. So you know mm-hmm. it's possible for the for the list to shake up, but I I'm I'm thinking yeah right now where the list sits, I think it's pretty well pretty well cemented for the rest of the year. What do you guys think? I got all those those in my bottom half. Those are all from my my six six onward, like six, seven, nine, something like that. Yeah. So uh, I think you know those are gonna fall probably, and they're not gonna beat any of the big ones. But I think they're gonna knock out some of the ones that are right now. You know, there is a big gap between like uh, Lightyear and then kind of everything else. There's or I guess Elvis is probably gonna fall in at ten, and I think yeah, everything else, the kind of bottom half, Black Phone, Downton Abbey, Bob's Burgers. They're all going to fall out, and those other three are going to kind of fill it in um, somewhere in that mid, that back half. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
So yes, uh, good luck to all again, as I said before. Can't wait to see how what happens there. Uh, so let's move on. I've been watching a ton of stuff. Let's get to what we've been watching. I have a, I have a topic here, age demographics, and I'm thinking about this. Kind of like, why am I hating things so much? <laughs> Later in the show, <laughs> I'm going to bring the hate. I'm going to bring the fire. I'm bringing the hot yeah, takes. Man. I'm bringing the You've hot been takes. You've a hater recently, I, I have man. Been. I've been, you just showed up on my Discord to be like, man, fuck this movie. <laughs> fuck your couch and fuck this movie. <laughs> um, I was like, I thought this movie was okay. And you're like, if okay, you mean it smells like dog water. <laughs> okay. Yeah, dude, I, I left the movie theaters with Damien last night uh, or wherever uh, – Thor, Love, and Thunder. And I, I looked at him first, and I'm like, is it okay for me to like this movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like I do this thing where I'm like genuinely saying to them, guys, I am genuinely glad you guys had a good time. You're like, yeah, sure. Okay, buddy. Uh-huh, sure. Well, give me your hot take, piece of shit. <laughs> I'm like, it's, See, it's fabulous. Now you're putting me... Huh? You're putting me in a weird position. Because like, I thought this movie was fine. I'm not like... Yeah you know, like ride or die for it, but now you're putting me in the position of defending a movie that I gave, I guess, you know, like a like a B plus movie. And I'm gonna have to be like, all right, guess that's my job this week is to defend a B plus movie. <laughs> so I've been no, thinking about this. You, man. Yeah. Why am I so down on things? There's a, there's the age demographic, the marketing age demographic thing was was uh you know how you market things to people is based on their ages, based on their skin color, things like that. That's not great, but that's what they do. Um, so eighteen to thirty four is the biggest demographic, right? That's the, that's the big blockbusters. It's the Joe somebodies. It's the Joe six packs that they try to market to the big bombastic movies, right? So uh, in about let's see, we're on the tenth, so in about nine days, I'm gonna be thirty seven, thirty seven years young. I'm only I'm uh, I'm halfway up, but I'm all on the tippy top, whatever that saying is. <laughs> so, so you're you're yeah. outside. The, I'm still in it. I'm yeah. I'm I'm uh, turning 33 in a month, so yeah. I'm still in that precious 18 to 34 demo for another year or so. So is, so, is there know, a thing they, to that? that? That's why I. Get, I don't think there's anything that I'm just just saying. Is it, well, I mean, is there? Because like for the past few years, I've been like, oh, this is not good. Is it? Do you think it's like me? Am I looking at this stuff, being like, this is this is crap? Is it me have bring the bad the bad vibes, or is it the movies are getting worse? Is it me, or is it the kids? Are the kids wrong, or am I, or is no Skinner wrong? Every generation says this. Every generation's like, oh well, these movies aren't like when I was a kid. You know, it was sure. the same in like the seventies when they were like the new Hollywood showed up and they're like, ah. This isn't like Busby Berkeley, and when Busby Berkeley was making movies, they're like, ah, this isn't like George Millier, you know, like, it's yeah. always just like, is everybody, it's always just those rose-colored, mem- it's, it's the member berries, It's the Damon. member berries. It's the, uh, things were but better. I'm not, it's the things were better when I was a kid, I'm not you talking know? about when I was a kid, I'm talking about three years ago, when Endgame was awesome, when Infinity War was awesome, when Ragnarok was awesome, that was four years ago, that's not, that's my, that's not my childhood, <laughs> I'm just saying, in the past two, two to three years, the stuff we love, Star Wars, um, just so many things that we're going to be talking about later have really, I think, objectively dropped off the cliff. I, that's what I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. A lot of people would say that Star, I mean, Damien, think about Star Wars. Like, people always have hated on Star Wars, you know? Mm. Like, they're like, okay, well, these were, you know, like, seriously, yeah. like, you know, people, oh, now people love the prequels, but when those movies are coming out, how much shit did they get? You know, that's that was our childhood right there, you yeah. know, or, you know, even even like Return of the Jedi, or even when Empire first Empire Strikes first came out, it got so much heat because it was so much different than the original. There's this really great YouTube video where this guy is just like, and you know what? They changed. You know how much heat <laughs> did Force Awakens get when it came out? It's Star Wars. Whenever it comes out, people get mad at it, and then when the fans grow up like a little bit, you know, who who grew up the kids who grew up with the prequels 
10 years later, they're like, oh, these are good, you know? And then, you know, when the kids who grew up with the sequel series, yeah. they grew up, they're going to be like, oh, these were great. You didn't get it. And then the same thing is going to happen <laughs> with the kids who watch the Obi-Wan series and so on and so forth, you know? It's, yeah. it's always, it's a recency bias, I think, honestly. Possibly. Dion, what do you think about this? I think maybe we lost him. I is think, he, no, 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 okay. no. Uh, okay. you, you ever watch that episode of South Park where uh, Stan's dad, he's like listening to stuff that Stan listens to and, 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 and when he puts the headphones on, it starts off like singing and then it's like violins start shrieking and then like fart noises start happening. And then it gets so bad <laughs> at a certain point that there's little like, literal shit flying out of the headphone ears and it's just covering yeah. uh, Randy Marsh's face. Like, you're Randy Marsh, buddy. <laughs> okay. you know, and, and the headphones and is perfect. everything happening right now <laughs> okay. yeah it, it's perfect because that's what reminds me you know my dad a couple years ago he was a musician in the 70s and you know for a long time he was just like ah, music these days it's not good i remember one day i was just sitting and i was watching like a live concert of the killers and my dad started like literally fucking crying and I look at him like that. You okay? And he's like, I, and he goes, I didn't know music was still this good. So, <laughs> the wow. killers, my That's God. That's incredible. It's incredible. Awesome. Well, let's let me take this discussion and use it to pivot some, to some things I've been watching because you said things. You know, I'm saying things nowadays aren't as good as they used to be. I went back and watched for the first time "Stand by Me" from 1986. Uh, everybody knows this movie. Will Wheaton, River Phoenix, Jerry O'Connell from the Fat, uh, Fat Jerry, Fat Jerry, <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland, directed by Rob Reiner. Um, so I read the book. Like I was, I, I watched half of this movie, paused it, read the book, came back, and it ends on a very high note of them just being like, yeah. Yeah, that, that summer we found a body. We we bonded as kids do. We had, we I made lifelong friends, and it was great. We rode off into the sunset. No, that is not how the short story finished. Uh, Derek, have you read the short story? This was based on. I have not. I've seen the movie a couple times, but I, I haven't read a lot of King. Yeah. So the the way the book ends is so. Let me just say that the the in the movie, if you, if you haven't seen it, they pull a gun on the bully. Like the bully's ready to beat the shit out of them. They're trying to find this body that I think they alluded to. One of the bullies um, killed a kid or or caused him to die in some way. And so the main um, the the main kids, Will Wheaton and uh, Gordy and Chris and Teddy and all them and Vern go to find the body so they can you know uh, report it and you know whatever be heroes and, and, and such. So they get there and the bullies get there at the same time and the bullies pull a, a knife on them and the kids pull a gun on them and they all sort of go the separate, separate ways after having a huge argument. And that's where the movie pretty much ends. That's basically the end of the movie. The, the movie's only like an hour and a half. The book the book was on a little bit more to say like when they got back to town, they got the shit kicked out of them <laughs> for pulling the gun on them. And I was like, yes, that's what, that's exactly what would happen. And I think we're going to be talking about stakes later, about you know what, how important are stakes, what stakes are how far you can push a thing and i think this i think the book really does a good job of being like yeah they might have gotten away that time with the near the body but then they got the shit kicked out of them because that's what actually would happen you 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 have to have certain amount of repercussions for um actions characters take in order for there to be some sort of stakes and i think the movie really um you know, was not bold enough to go the extra mile to say, hey, they might have won this battle, but then they got the shit kicked out of them there and they walked away and said, okay, they had some broken bones. They had this happen to them, but they grew up and learned you can't pull a gun on people. <laughs> I think that was a really yeah. good, uh, you know, message at the end of the book there. What do you, what do you think about that? No, that makes sense. I mean, one thing I do though like about the end of the movie, and I don't know if this is present in the book, is that 
he kind of was like, okay, well, this is where everybody went after this. And it's like really depressing. Like all yeah. of their lives after, like it's clear like that finding this dead body in the woods was the best moment of their lives because they all had like depressing lives. I think one of them dies or something like, or a few of them die and or just have like these really sad lives. And yeah. I thought that was honestly sadder than just getting the shit kicked out of you is just like having a miserable boring life afterwards yeah true 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 yeah so still recommend obviously one of the, well, a really great movie uh let's see also checked out moulin rouge you talked about this or you mentioned it a couple weeks ago you're like hey you want, to, you yeah, want some yeah, sexy yeah. you want some sexy you in your life check out moulin rouge and i did <laughs> this is an insane movie like this is the most insane <laughs> wild nicole kidman performance i've seen in a very long time she was pretty wild in mm. the northman like this one and northman are probably the most wild i've ever seen her mm. get but this is yeah this is insane uh dean have you seen this movie no no okay this is <laughs> this is great this one this was not concise. this is one of those movies that probably wouldn't fly today with john john leguizamo playing a little person midget whatever we whatever we call him today um really crazy story really out there wild story um yeah mm-hmm. I, I need to see more more boz i guess i haven't seen uh what is it strictly strictly ballroom was it one of his first ones mm-hmm. um i haven't seen yeah. elvis yet i haven't seen a lot of the ones i haven't seen australia so wild movie a lot of Have stuff you seen uh yeah gatsby or um yes. uh or uh okay yeah gatsby's yeah definitely like that it calms down the second half or yes. um What's his other big one? Um, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yes, I've seen Romeo and Juliet. I saw Great Gatsby a few yeah. years ago because I believe, Dion, that's your, one of your favorite movies of all time, correct? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Great movie. Yeah, if you like that, maybe check out uh, Moulin Rouge. It was very good. Very had a lot yeah, of the same tone. I think, I think it's it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's see what else I've been watching. Um, so back back to like um, the classics. I've been watching a lot of classics, a lot of stuff on Letterboxd. Mm. Are like watch IMDb's favorite top ten or top uh, one hundred movies of all time. I'm trying to go down that list. So watch for the first time The Untouchables, uh, directed by Mister Brian De Palma from the year of a lord 1987 uh has kevin costner sean connery robert de niro as the titular al capone this was kind of weird um you know it's very much of its time um not not much as not much uh, of action as i thought there was going to be a really great young andy uh, andy arcia this was the movie i was trying to think of a couple weeks ago when they were watching the rewatchables uh bill simmons rewatchables <laughs> they were talking about kevin costner yeah. this being his like he was like if they got kevin costner in 86 that's like getting uh jordan in the rookie year you know you get costner for fifty thousand dollars in 86 two years later he's gonna be a millionaire he's gonna be two million dollars mm-hmm. for his role it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, great movie, great movie. I recommend uh, Untouchables. I believe that's uh, on Amazon Prime. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Dead, Dead Poet Society again, one of the biggest movies of all time. If I if you go to Letterbox, if I go to, when I went to my Letterbox and it was like you know here are all the movies, best movies of all time, sorted by popularity. This is the first one that popped up that I hadn't seen, so I finally checked it out. It was all right. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's a good movie. I like. Yeah. I rewatched it couple months back for the first time in like 10 15 years so i was like yeah this is a solid movie man this is a solid movie yeah another solid dad movie directed by peter weir we talked about mm-hmm. uh, master and commander mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago there's another another solid dad movie yeah absolutely great performances by uh Rob williams some young very young actors young ethan hawk young josh charles young his first movie i want to say yeah yeah Hawk's i believe so first movie i think yeah. i believe so yep 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 uh kurtwood smith still playing the asshole dad in this <laughs> he's been playing the asshole dad for like two decades uh yeah i'm gonna put my foot up your ass <laughs> <laughs> yes exactly 
great movie. Highly, highly recommend that one. Uh, let's see. And yeah. some newer stuff, some stuff from this year. A uh, movie from Richard Linklater called Apollo Ten and a Half, and on my letterbox I said, you know, this is a this is an amazing like nostalgia piece. This is an amazing like love letter to growing up in the late '60s, early '70s. Uh, let's see, I wrote my my letterbox. Uh, you know, it's, it's written as a story being told from from the be from the perspective of a nine year old Richard Linklater. So you have the focus being you know the, the TV shows he watched, the food he ate, um, the, the places that he went, the things that he did in the '60s. As a kid growing up in Texas, but you have you know allusions to things that are going on uh, back then with the civil rights protests, with things like that. You know, definitely um, they show interviews with black people saying, you know, why are they spending money on the space program when they could be housing people, housing poor people on Earth? Um, A lot of the same stuff they they actually touched on in uh, First Man. Uh, But yeah, very very Mm -hmm. good. It's one of on the moon. Yeah, Whitey on the Moon, exactly, exactly. Uh, really great um, rotoscoping, that sort of tech he used in a lot of his early movies, in his movies from the uh, 2000s. So that's very cool. I would highly recommend uh, watching this. It's very good. One of the best. It's like a faux uh, biography, biographical um, account of his of his early days uh, down there. So, yeah, I highly recommend that one. One of the best things I've seen this year, actually. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Let's see. Sundown was an, or actually, let's talk about, um, yeah, first men. Men. The movie Men. <laughs> oh. From Alex Garland. You checked this out a couple of weeks ago. And I finally did as well. Uh, let me see if I can pull this up on my letterbox. Yeah. Do you have any other, have newer thoughts? Cause I believe you saw, you talked about this after you saw it. Do you have any, uh, different thing, different thoughts since, since then, since seeing this? I mean, the only one thing I've been thinking since then is like, Man, this was a this is a great trailer. You know, like the all time yeah. great trailers, like the trailer for Men, incredible. And then you see the movie and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, yeah. So this, uh, you know, it's a, it's one of those movies where I think you you have to sort of seek out extracurricular writing about it, which isn't great. I understand the movie should stand on its own and the messaging should be in there for you to be able to see it. But I did seek out um, a article on the Wrap, written by. Uh, Harper Lambert uh, really liked his his sentence here. Where is it? Uh, what to make of the ending? Um, one interpretation is that this is a quote from the article. One interpretation is that James's demand for Harper's unconditional love and forgiveness without taking accountability for his own behavior is infantile in nature. Rather than treat his partner as an equal, James is driven solely by his needs, similar to a baby's relationship with its mother. So this is a spoilers for men. If you want to skip forward a little bit, um, be talking about spoilers for men right now. The, that dynamic is visually represented by the men giving birth to themselves over and over again. Their anguished cries seem to parallel the way a baby cries out for its mother, as does the way that each man reaches out for Harper. By the end, this reaching no longer feels malicious, but a naked striving for her affection and attention. James appears to corroborate this when he explains that Harper's love is really all that he's after. So that was, you know, an interesting take on it, right? <laughs> Sure. I mean, that's all good and fine, uh, but it still sucked. It was still some (laughs) fucking garbage. Right, right. (laughs) Like, it was the most, just like, I don't know, it just felt so fucking pretentious and just like, ooh, look at this. What does it mean? It's a metaphor. And it's just like, okay, dude, like, we get it. Like, I don't know, man. It's just, just shut the fuck up. Like, I love Alex Garland. I think he's a great, great writer and a pretty solid director. Um, but man, it was just like 
dude, fuck you, man. Like, it was, it, uh, like, oh, you're really, okay, you're going to tell us about the plight of women and how bad men, I'm like, fucking, what the hell are you talking about? Like, where was the women writers on this movie? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's weird because, you know, for people like us who are aware of the, the world and the way it treats women, like, that's, that is too heavy handed. And then if you're coming at this from the opposite yeah. perspective of somebody that's like, eh, is, are women really treated that badly? It's going to be so, like, not, is it going to be uh, heavy handed for them too, you know, which is, or is there, are they going to completely miss it or they're going to be like ah i get it so you you woke filmmaker with your woke ideologies trying to slam this shit over my head right it's, it's too heavy-handed for both sides of the spectrum right yeah and then, like i saw this with a woman and she was just like yeah she d- jesse buckley's character does not behave like a woman she's not gonna just run into the fucking woods and like she doesn't like they see a creepy guy i'm like oh i guess i'll go like she's like no like you would not do that in that situation as like you know like a young female just run out in the woods and oh there's a naked man and just it just yeah it felt really heavy handed and just not interesting like i was net like maybe the first two acts i was like okay where's this going where's this going and then it just completely was just (laughs) visual and metaphorical garbage yes exactly yeah 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 so not great not great man (laughs) alex get back to your tech stuff that you're that you're most uh, familiar with there most comfortable working with in the tech area uh let's see so when we talk about i'll talk about the rest later if we have time uh why don't we talk about some of the stuff you've been watching derek uh you saw top gun maverick you see this in theaters finally yeah yeah i finally got around to seeing this in theaters you know it was still i saw this in its sixth week it was the theater i saw it in was still packed um yeah this is this is a good movie uh i mean i i think that it has been definitely built up too much for me like hearing for, for so long about how oh like this is the greatest thing it's gonna save sin i was like yeah it's cool you know there's some cool star wars trench run stuff at the end and cool to see the stuff done practically um you know i don't have a big emotional attachment to the top gun series uh, i've never saw the original i kind of wanted to you know go in blind to this so there's some stuff, you know, that I think hit some people uh, differently than me, like all the stuff with Val Kilmer. I was like, oh, OK, cool. Um, you know, it wasn't I wasn't like, oh, there's Goose or there's there's, you know, whoever. I was just like, yeah, yeah, it's a solid action movie. It was yeah. cool. Um, I thought it was really cowardly. Uh, like they're like, ah, we're fighting the enemy. Who's yeah. the enemy? No, there's no insignia. You can't see their faces. Uh, so you can't tell what they look like. You can't see uh, any distinguishing features at all. This is paid. This movie was clearly paid for by the Pentagon as a recruiting yes. tool and yes. a weapon of nostalgia. This is it's I, I thought in that regard, I really did not like it. But as a movie, it was solid storytelling and pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, if you, if anybody has any sort of tertiary understanding of of world politics or world, you know, military politics or anything like that, you, you can kind of glean. It's probably Iraq or Iran, correct? Right. I mean, maybe, but I I feel like they even try to obscure that because these movies have to play in Iraq yeah, and Iran. Right. So they they're like, oh, we can't cut out any demographics, any markets. We've got to appeal to everyone across the board. Yeah, so, they didn't they make allusions to like, you know, uh, could be Russia or it could be like the planes that they have. I think I was listening to a podcast where somebody was like, you know, they, they know planes very well. They know military aircraft very well. And they're like, yeah, that plane is a plane that's only used by Russia at this point. Russia and some other country, U.S. and Russia and some other. Yeah, but it can't be Russia because Russia has 
uranium. They don't need to, like, they have nukes. They have a lot of nukes more than us. They don't True. need to enrich any uranium. So, True. like, I think they specifically made it, like, an amalgamation of bad, quote-unquote, <laughs> bad guy countries yeah. to just make it so that it couldn't It couldn't be, oh, well, it couldn't be, you could point to be like, well, it can't be Iraq because of this reason. It can't be Russia for this reason. It can't definitely can't be China for this reason. So make sure <laughs> yeah. this movie gets out in China, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. So, like, it was a good movie. Just, just that, that you know, that I felt was a really just spineless and cowardly. Yeah. So, yeah, just alluding to the the movies we'll talk about later. There's just so much, you know, authentic, real, organic like stunts and set action set pieces that some other movies yeah, that, are that not. Was great. You can't. It doesn't feel like you can <laughs> reach out and touch anything in Thor: Love and Thunder. Just yeah, not great. Not great on that on that aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, tell me about Mr. Malcolm's List. I have no idea what this is. Explain to me. <laughs> so, so this is a movie that um, I didn't really know what it was either. My friends are going to see a movie on Thursday night. It was coming out. It's It's got a pretty limited release. It's one of those Regency kind of romance movies based on uh, a novel. Uh, it stars Frida Pinto and um, a bunch of kind of, you know, nobody else really uh, noteworthy or famous. Um, but yeah, it's set in like the 1800s in England. And uh it's fine uh there's some good jokes in it there's some there's a couple interesting characters that are kind of you know the side uh we will get it kind of falls in that trap of like we have to have these serious characters in the romance so all the side characters are the ones that are fun and interesting mm-hmm. but uh there's there's two characters in particular one being mr malcolm that i feel like are absolutely just irredeemable and horrible people uh and like i just thought the premise is Mr. Malcolm is this guy who's like, oh, he's got a list that all the women in his life have to meet because he's he's a stuck up guy. And then Frida Printo breaks through, and uh, just it it's it's not <laughs> worth a watch, really. Mm. One of the more interesting things that happened was I saw a group of because uh, it came out the same night as Minions, and I saw a group of <laughs> teens wearing formal time. We were like, what the fuck are kids here wearing? Are they going to prom? That's too early for that. Like, what is happening? And then like later on, I found out that's like a thing. I was like, oh, I saw them out in the wild. So yeah, Mr. Malcolm's list. I mean, if you're if you're really into Regency romance stuff, um, it's it's basically what if Jane Eyre was written by someone who who wasn't great, who was not a great writer. Wow. Um, I'm kind of like there was no chemistry between like Frida's great, but the guy her and the guy who's playing you know Mr. Malcolm, he's good, but they really don't have any chemistry. It's it's not a total loss, but you know it's it's subpar in my opinion. Right, all right. Uh, so let's see. Want to move on? Let's do a little bit of Stranger Things talk, so Dan can pop in here. Mm. Uh, or no, sorry, you. Uh, yeah, you watch the the Stranger Things. Dan watched the boys. Um, so let's talk a little uh. bit. Yeah, let's talk a little bit of uh, Stranger Things Volume Two. Uh, what did you think of the season overall? I dug it. I thought it was really good. You know, I think this is one of the stronger seasons of Stranger Things. I like that this season ended with some real stakes and consequences and, you know, it does that thing that like Avengers or Avengers Infinity War and Empire Strikes Back do where it's like, okay, this is this is real. Like there's going to be some big consequences in the finale coming up. Uh, I think they did a really good job, as I alluded to before, with figuring out which uh, characters were interesting, which actors were doing really well, and kind of sidelined some of the some of the less interesting characters. Like, oh, you guys will just be standing outside of the tank watching yeah. Eleven here. You yeah. three actors kind of go over here. Yeah. We're going to have everyone else do things because we're going to have Sadie Sink do some really cool, interesting stuff. We're going to have Eleven do some interesting stuff. We're going to have Steve do some stuff. They brought back one of my problems with Volume 1 was 
that the Hopper storyline felt very disconnected. Yep. It still was, but they did at least manage to tie those together in the end. But some, yeah, great vibes. Always, as always, great, cool special effects and uh, sound editing and all of that stuff. You know, I keep listening to Running Up That Hill ever since <laughs> I've been watching it. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I really dug this season. Yeah, so I have a little, some notes here. Got some notes going on. Mm. <laughs> so this, this, you know, prestige. This is, would you call this prestige TV, or is this like is, is a genre thing that this much that has this much genre in? It? Is that does that not does that not qualify for prestige TV in your mind? Well, I don't know. It's it's interesting because it is kind of in that middle place, like where it is. It's not you know just a regular you know sh- like not like a regular show that would be on CBS or something. But it doesn't feel like, oh, we're going to get, I mean, Winona did come out, but they're not going to get like a huge movie star and he's going to come and be in this show. So I think it's it's in that middle ground between the, the kind of normal, the normal TV the way it used to be and the kind of prestige TV. It kind of falls yeah. in the center there, which is a good place for the to get Emmy nominations, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. I just feel like the the whole t- uh, prestige TV format was meant to be like we're going to take like you know a movie, we're going to stretch it out, and we're going to let characters breathe, let them have their moments, let characters arc, really uh, c- cement these character uh, relationships with you, so you don't have to have these moments where the character is trying to do the thing, they're trying to summon their power, trying to summon the emotion to do the thing they need to do to win the day, right? Um, but they they. Did that anyways? <laughs> these movies, these these episodes, especially uh, part two of the season, were way too long, and there was way too much padding. Especially when Eleven is trying to summon the power to do the thing, and 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 Mike is there talking to her and telling her about how how he feels about her, which I think Mike is one of the weakest links of the entire cast. I really do. I think his oh yeah, his character was really yeah. I, I agree. Very very. I think I think honestly that was just so Finn Wolfhard had something to do in the episode. Like, yeah, that's the only reason exactly. I think that would happen. Exactly. So it's just like why would you take the time to seed and to plant all of these emotional uh, beats throughout the series. You, you've had three seasons and four seasons to sort of uh, establish their relationship going forward. So you don't have to then have these flashbacks and these cutbacks and these moments where you know the the um, you sort of lose the momentum a little bit. I thought by having to cut back to all these moments that we know many people are rewatching the series. They're very very familiar with their relationship. They know how important each character is to each other. So I thought that it was. Is a sort of way too much, you know. Again, beating you, beating you, beating you over the head with moments and memories that you. We have these memories. We've hung out with these characters for a very long time. We're very familiar with who they are, and I think it was just a mistake and and too much uh, flashback. And too, they took too much time to explain to you that she's summoning the power to do the thing from her relationship with Mike. What do you think? I think I think you have a point. Um, I think the reason they do that, though, is because it's been, what, two, maybe three years, however long it's been since the last season of Stranger Things. Yeah. And then it's even long. Like, they have big gaps between these seasons. And, you know, I'm, when I'm watching Better Call Saul, I'm just kind of like, the character will show up and they won't do any, like, explaining. I'll be like, oh, wait, who the, who's this guy? Who are the Kettleman's? Like, so I'll just try to, like, remember. So I think that's the reason they're like, it has been so long since a lot of these things happen. They got to kind of, they feel like they got to remind people um because there's no previously on stranger things so i'm not saying that's right or wrong but i think that is the intent there yeah 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 hard to agree um i think that they had the ending was <laughs> this climatic ending of them shooting the thing the throwing throwing the molotovs um hoppers stabbing the uh demogorgon all of that was like 
you know, the defeating a thing by slashing it or punching it or shooting it is, I thought, below the writers. I thought there's more interesting ways to, I thought, you know, bringing up an idea of defeating evil other than punching or shooting or stabbing, I thought was something that they were going to introduce here, but apparently not. You know, I thought that whole... That well, whole, I mean, they did yeah. with the whole mic thing, right? Yeah, that's the whole. The I think thing. that's part of the reason, like, because... The, or the mic thing, you know, because oh, it's Mike. like, yeah. oh, she's she's only able to defeat this evil because Mike is telling her that he loves her. So I felt like that was kind of like, okay, the reasoning, like, okay, she is she is only able to summon this power within herself through, you know, QQ Lewis, the power of love. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also, I, I sort of have a problem with it, not as much as a lot of people do, but just a lot of guns in the show, like her shooting it, shooting the thing with a shotgun. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh one second, I apologize. I should have his name pulled up here. Uh, what's the black character's name? Black kid. Um, Lucas was, you know, had his shit kicked in and was threatened with a gun by a white kid. That's not great, I thought. Um, and just yeah, just a lot of a lot of extra violence in here um, that didn't really need to be there. A lot of gun violence that I thought didn't need to be there uh, in in relation to what's going on in the country today. Not great. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, let's see. Oh, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying this is great representation, great, great, uh, um, queer representation with uh, allusions to Will being gay. A lot of people are saying, you know, Thor, Love and Thunder, super gay. Not really. <laughs> if you're going to say super, if you're going to say Stranger Things and, and, um, Thor, Love and Thunder are super gay, then you probably think ketchup is spicy. That's not. <laughs> I, will, I mean, Robin, yeah. Robin is, is definitely like been, been pretty upfront with her. Um, like her character being queer and you know uh, I mean she didn't really have a huge there was a little bit no. of her having yeah. a, a queer romance in this um, bit, I think that's yeah. going to be more the next season them kind of planting the seeds of that but her talking about it and um, you know her kind of coming to grips with that uh, I think is is something I think Robin's character much more than um, than Mike's or much more than um, oh my gosh sorry um, Will's uh, oh, is yeah. Is the is the interesting queer representation on the show? Yeah, I, I I also just feel like if you're going to allude to it so softly and so subtly, you're then letting in that argument of well, you're just you're just seeing things that aren't there. You know what I mean? It's just for people on the right are gonna be like, well, no, <laughs> who's saying he's gay? The writer didn't say he's gay. He's not. He didn't kiss a guy. He didn't. He didn't say. He didn't uh, come out to anybody. He didn't say this or that. It's very subtly put in there, which I think is good for you and I. But I think if you are somebody who wants to make the argument of we're seeing things that aren't there, they are allowing that argument to slip in there by not. Um, you know, more heavy, more heavily alluding to it. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't know. I think I thought it was pretty heavy handed that he was definitely gay. Like I thought they were like without, they were just saying it without saying it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I saw it there, but I can, I can understand why some people wouldn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts on that. Um, can't wait for the next season. Very, very good. Very yeah, good episode yeah. of television. Dion, still with us, buddy. Wait, wait, wait. I <laughs> yeah, like how you sorry. just were like tore yeah. into it for 20 minutes and you're like, but it was good. It was good. <laughs> like, this, this was wrong. This was wrong. This was wrong. The, but I loved it. The So, yeah, this and what am I going to say? Oh, we're we're, we're going to talk about the boys a little bit. There's a little bit of a bunch of stuff that's been like had, had a not great finish, but the overall thing was okay. Um Okay. okay. The boys had an okay finish. I feel like the season was strong. Um, Stranger Things had an okay finish. Very strong season overall. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dion, no, fair. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Dion, uh, you watched The Boys yesterday, correct? I did, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. What would you think of this season overall? I thought it was a good season. 
Yeah. I thought, uh, you know, there was a lot of development that happened. Um, it was, it was fun to watch. I thought all the, uh, <laughs> just the, the, the shit that the dialogue, that's what I'm looking for. The dialogue. I thought that was hilarious more often than not. Uh, and you know, people don't really like, you don't go to the, the boys for like any kind of, you wouldn't expect to for like uh, any kind of philosophical, uh, inwardness, uh, uh I don't know. Basically, Some people do. Yeah, you think so? Well, yes. Well, uh, Go ahead. <laughs> but I mean, between the relationships these people had, the parallels, like how they, 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 the, the foreshadowing, and just like you know, just the overall uh, environment and all of it, and, and people, and like people's not understanding sometimes that you know it's it, it's not like this isn't happening. Like yeah, superheroes don't exist, but like this whole backdrop it has it's just like it goes right over people's heads it's just i don't know it's funny that you find a show that can make people act like total idiots and and not realize that they're kind of the joke there you know it's awesome i love seeing that kind of thing oh that was that was it okay <laughs> um so yeah i just, think it's a, yeah well said well said uh, <laughs> oh. yes well said i um, thought i was rambling you guys no, i had you guys you, like Wrapped around my finger right there. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that was good. Yeah, witty, witty in your brevity. I like it. Um, let's see. So yeah, a lot of lot of real life stuff that they're they're alluding to. They had the what, what was it? What was the song they did? Um, uh, Imagine they did Imagine in this show. I don't know if Dion, you're. Oh. Yeah, you're not quite plugged in. You're not quite uh, balls deep in. Oh, culture. I know Imagine. Like, I know all about it. You knew about it. Okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, that was yeah, that was in there. for the crowd. You were going somewhere. Yeah. And then the um, A train giving uh, a fresca or a Sierra Mist, whatever it was, <laughs> to the protesters. Oh my god! That was an allusion yeah. to was it oh, yeah, to the Kardashian? Was it a Kardashian yeah. that yeah, was in was, the commercial? No, no, no. Yeah. It was a Jenner. It was a Jenner. Jenner. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, Jenner Kardashian. What's the difference, <laughs> right? Or, yeah, okay. Aren't they both That's married? Like, it was the Kylie Jenner one. That's Kylie why. Jenner. Yeah, I forgot yes. for a second there was. A, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. So that was an allusion to that. There's, there's a bunch of stuff that you could actually dig into. Uh, the last, we'll be spoiling a little bit, not too much, but a little bit, a little allusions to what's going on at the end. Uh, you know, uh, Trump could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue was something that somebody said that went viral, and uh, you know, Homelander might have done something similar to that, right? At the at the very end of this season, correct? Yep. Did did get that vibe? Yep. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's there. Like I'm like we're talking about uh, with Derek about the um, Stranger Things allusions to homo- queerness in that show. I think the allusions to uh, you know political stuff, Trump rallies. That guy, what was his name? Doug. Doug is married to uh, Mother's Milk's or not married to, but dating. He was dating Mother Milk's uh, wife, right? Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I I think it was Doug or something with a D. You are right. Yeah, yeah. So he for the is, internet, internet it was dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> he is that guy that's sort of like he's a moderate and he could go either way. He could be um, controlled to go either way on the political spectrum. But because he got wrapped up in the rally, you see a lot of people. A lot of people, I think, in the last ten to fifteen years, have been radicalized, have been um, sucked into the Facebook void of like the Trump. The Trumpness, the anger, the uh, what do you call it? The might, the might is right sort of mentality. People have been sucked into that. That normally are either unpolitical or moderate, or maybe maybe they had right leaning thoughts, but they just didn't hear somebody express them the way that 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 Trump has. So yeah, I think that that character is a person in real life that people don't want to really reckon with. Hundred percent, and also that character is is also like uh, he he just gives off that like weak vibe, you know, like. Uh, 
how he idolizes someone like Homelander and, and, and stuff like that. Like that's a that's a guy that wants to have and needs to have someone to protect them the way they think that they can be protected because they can't do it for themselves. So it's just yeah, yeah. that guy is a uh, yeah. He's a, he's a, that guy. Yeah, we I think uh, a lot of people know that guy. <laughs> Whether it's a a sister yeah. or a mother or or a stepdad or something. There's the, somebody somebody you know people know that person in their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was a projecting. Is it projecting the word I'm looking for? I don't projecting. Know, just, well, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, because that would. Well, I don't know. I don't know where I was going. With yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Was, you know, do you think that? Um, do you think that what's her name? The uh, the the congresswoman that does the head exploding thing. They're setting her up. Do you think she's going to be the main villain come season four? Oh, she has to be. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, Derek here hasn't watched it, so it's hard to yeah really not say like Talk all of it, it. But yeah. like, I just say that the. The position she's in, or seemingly heading towards, uh, I just don't see how she can't be. It'd be like yeah. uh, um, um, Ed- Edgar, you know, yeah. times a hundred. It's not just a, a, a boss of a corporation. It's bosses, you know, boss of something <laughs> much bigger, something yeah. much bigger. Um, Derek, you saw the first episode, so you can you can talk to this. Uh, was was yeah. termite in the guy's ass or his dick? <laughs> ah. it, it was his dick it was his dick okay people are saying it was his butt no. it was his butt to make the reference no. to Thor um, Ant-Man going up a thing it was his butt but he was in his penis correct no it was in it yeah like yeah. they show it yeah yeah. they yeah. show oh, him walking I, into his pee hole <laughs> yes. I'm 100% I, I, I did have that I think we talked about this and I thought it might have been his butt at first too but I'm I'm look I've looked back I, I've looked inward and uh, yeah <laughs> it was definitely inside because because have you ever heard of the thing? I think it's called sounding. Sounding? No. What is that? So that's when like they people, not to king shame or anything, but they kind of like, I think they stick something up their their uh, the urethra. Uh, urethra. Yeah. Okay. I, I have heard. And of this the, there's, I think it's like ringing or something. I, oh, ringing. Yeah. But basically, yeah. Then I'm thinking because he was on the inside of the pee pee uh, wiener. And he's banging on the sides, right? And the guy's like, oh, you know, like that. Like, that's that's where my brain clicked, where it's like, yeah, that's his penis. He's inside his penis. <laughs> he's inside his dick hole. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So, yeah, great season overall. One of the best one of the best uh, superhero shows, I think, right now. Not just because of the gore, not just because of the, the, the violence and the language and all of that, but just a very smart show, very well-written, I think very well-written characters. I think every character sort of had their moment to shine in this season, correct? Um, I, yes, but I think, uh, you know, someone like Black Noir could have had a, uh, um, better yeah. representation well, at certain points. I mean, he, the last two episodes are basically, <laughs> you had those moments with him in the cartoons, right? That was a thing. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the, the development there that was happening was pretty awesome. And then, and then, uh, you don't see like, uh, uh, maybe the payoff you would expected, like even close to expected. And it just seemed very, uh, out of nowhere. I, that was one of my gripes with it. Like I actually, well, <laughs> I, I liked what happened because like Black Noir's fan base, I think we talked about this before where it's just like you get these fans of like certain things and uh, they they latch on to this like minor character that like even the um, like the writer had no intention of anyone just like seeing this fandom created from uh-huh. and Black Justice Noir. For Barb, is, yeah. Yeah. Is there, say that again. Justice for Barb, you know. No, I don't know. What was that? Uh, Justice for Barb, uh, Stranger Things. 
Oh, oh, okay. So, okay. All right. Were we just talking about that? No, that was like season one, but I think, yeah, oh. they, cause they, <laughs> Stranger Things, I felt like in the past had introduced all these characters, well-written characters, and they just kind of really quickly disposed of them without giving them too much thought. And I think that's one of the things they handled better this season. There, that, there was a whole big backlash for this character, Barb, uh, yeah. in season one, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. All right. So, yeah, basically, this is just like, why are you latching on to this character? And and Black Noir seemed like that character. It was just like, everybody was just like, I love Black Noir so much. Ah! And it's like, sure, but like up until like this last season, it's just like Black Noir was kind of just the, the silent dude just standing there. And he's like, he's, he looks stronger than he actually is. I just, until this build up this season, I was just like, all right, I, I see Black Noir. I see him. And then it's just, yeah, yeah I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just—I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> how about how do we feel about moving on to Thor? Talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. How about that? The main event. The main event. Thor: Love and Motherfucking Thunder. Uh, big release this week. One of the biggest MCU movies so far. I was highly anticipating it. I think we we're all highly anticipating it. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Hell yeah, I mean, dude. I love Hell yeah. Ragnarok, so. You love Ragnarok, I was, yeah. I was really excited. All right. Well, I'm going to go last because I have the most to say. <laughs> the most <laughs> shit to throw at this film. So, Derek, why don't you go first? What did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? You know, I like like I kind of alluded to earlier. Like I thought this was was good, not great. You know, um, pretty pretty solid movie. There was some fun stuff in it. You know, I always like a Taika Waititi film. Uh, I always love a Thor film. I even like Thor The Dark World, and I know everybody fucking hates that movie, but <laughs> Thor is, all, is my favorite Avenger. Um, so it's always cool to see him and see Korg and, um, you know, finally see Natalie Portman come back and as well as, you know, some of the other minor characters from the first two Thor movies uh, that we haven't seen in a while, uh, like Darcy, although we did see her in WandaVision, and then uh, Stellan Skarsgård, Dr. Eric Selvig, and... Yeah, there was some cool stuff, you know, going to see Zeus and Russell Crowe was great. And then, uh, spoiler, fucking Roy Kent as Hercules. I lost my shit. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, I, was like, I just I can't wait to see the next uh, Thor movie where he's just like, Thor, you're a fucking Muppet, you know, or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, you know, it was, it was pretty solid. Um, I thought that Christian Bale was really good, but he was in a different movie than everyone yeah. else. Yeah. Like, he was creepy and interesting. Uh, there was some stuff with like the kids that I was. It felt the the plot was not interesting, and it was like, okay, we. Just, I, I'm never really a big fan of kids in movies. I did like the parallels between Jane Foster and Gore, where they are both kind of being kept alive through this magical artifact, but it's also st- sucking the life out of them. And you know, she's kind of living on because of love, and he's kind of living on because of hate, and you know, the two sides of that coin. And I do appreciate that at the end. It was just Thor was like, hey, I'm just going to, if this is my last moments, I'm not going to talk to you. I'm going to talk to the person that I love here. And that was kind of how he was won over. It wasn't a big sky beam shooting into the sky that they had to turn off like so many other Marvel movies. And that's one of, if I have any complaints about Marvel movies is the end tends to be the weakest part um, for them. Uh, but I felt like the ending worked for me. I liked seeing, seeing Thor's development uh, into being a dad. Um, so, you know, solid movie. It's four out of five stars for me on my letterbox. Dion, what did you think of Thor Love and Thunder? I loved it. I thought it was a solid movie. I loved it, though. Um, I didn't think it was, like, up there with Ragnarok. But 
I mean, not to sound like and there's an echo in here, but yeah, Thor is one of my favorite superheroes. <laughs> so pretty much all of his adventures, uh-huh. I'm pretty stoked to go on. Huh? Yes, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think his interaction with all the characters, like throughout the MCU, is probably one of the, the, the top tier relationships, just especially with someone like, like Star-Lord and the Guardians of the Galaxy. And his, his the whole arc that he's had, like he's he's... You, you can still see that kind of uh, depression kind of carrying over with him. And he's, he doesn't know who he is and doesn't, like, he's got all this power, but he's, like, lost. Like, man, I feel for the big guy, you know? That's, 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 that's got to be a lot. So that adventure mixed with all the other adventures and the up, like, uh, Natalie Portman coming back. I love Natalie Portman. Uh, one of my Especially favorites. Especially with those guns. Whew. Those Who's guns, Natalie? dude. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> like when Hercules is blowing off Step up. <laughs> I was in trouble when I saw an attack of the clones, and now, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, did uh, did you hear that thing where uh, um, someone asked her if she wanted to be in a Star Wars? I think maybe it was the director of the Taka, obviously Taka Star Wars, or, or the guy that, mm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. No more to, about that. Well, yeah, Tyke no, asked I her to be, about Tyke, that. Tyke is going to maybe possibly direct a Star Wars thing in the future, and he asked Natalie Portman to be in it, and she was like, "Bro." I was in the first three. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very, very yeah, funny. Yeah, but uh, anyways, yeah, she was she was super jacked, and there, there was that scene with Hercules or not Hercules, Zeus was blowing off Thor's clothes, and I, I and I remember saying to my wife, I was like, I got a I got a problem with this scene, and she's like, what? Because a guy's getting naked for once and it looks hot, and I was like, no, that they're both not up there getting their clothes blown off. <laughs> <laughs> Equality, baby, let's go. Yes, I mean, with a gun show like that, let's go. But uh, yeah, no, Thor was fun. I thought at times that the dialogue was a little stiff. I don't know. I felt like they, I know, like they were kind of like with Korg narrating and, and and like the delivery of it was just like he's telling a story. But even when, like when people started saying their lines outside of that story, it still felt like sometimes it was like Korg narrating what they were going to say. I thought that was, I know you were talking about how Natalie Portman's like so much smaller than uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. So she had to like walk up like ramps and stuff like that. Yes. And you're like that, maybe that's why she looks stiff to you. But I thought it was also in the the dialogue for the first, maybe 20 minutes. I was like, there's, I don't know. The, the, the words felt lifeless. Yes. And then Gore comes through and then I experienced what true lifeness is. What (laughs) he's, I love that. I love the, I wish there was more God killing. Um, yes. But I thought Christian Bale yeah, killed that role. Yeah, and I I love the, the 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 work they did with that the the scenes that he was in the black and white compared to how colorful the whole, the whole movie was. That was cool. Yeah, and I just it needed more of them. Yes, yes, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll start there. <laughs> it needed more everything. It needed more gore. Needed more Nellie Portman. Needed more setup for both of their character arcs for both of their story arcs. I thought the movie starts, oh, full spoilers, sorry, full spoilers for all this stuff moving forward, so go away and come back if you don't want to hear your spoilers. Um, not enough set up for Gore's story. I thought, like, you know, who is this person? Why do we care that his, that his daughter just died? Who is his daughter? What, what was his family like? What was his community like? What was his world like? What was his life like? None of that was on display here. And the movie's two hours, so that right there tells me that the studio stepped in and said, listen, this is, we need as much, <laughs> we need as many butts and seats as possible and many showings as humanly possible, so your movie cannot be more than two hours and ten minutes. Cut that shit down. And I feel like 
I read I've read a bunch of different uh, interviews with Taika, and he said, you know, there's a four hour cut out there, but it's all just jokes. And I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> maybe you didn't make a movie that I wanted. Maybe there isn't a version of that movie I wanted out there. Maybe there isn't a good two and a half hour movie out there that I wanted. But yeah, like you said, more more God butcher stuff, more more God butchering, more of that, more of the um, why is he so dangerous? What can he do? What is he capable of? Because he stabs uh valkyrie at one point but you know that's whatever that is you know again talking about stakes it doesn't have to be a death she could have uh been maimed could have cut off an arm a leg whatever blinded her something uh you know again she lost her kidney she lost her kidney yeah sure okay (laughs) um needed more time lost an arm civ lost an arm okay there's there's an arm it went it went to it went to valhalla supposedly um, it, the whole movie needed more time to separate the, the emotional beats from the funny beats. There was too many funny beats mixed in with the emotional beats. Do you have that moment? One of the first scenes with Natalie Portman is her trying to be funny. And I think that's not a, one of her strengths. She's an amazing actress. I love everything she's been in, but I think comedy is not one of her strengths. I think this movie, unfortunately, has that totally on display throughout the entire thing, especially. You know, when she's getting chemo at the hospital, she tries, tries to laugh it off as a joke. I understand a lot of people use humor to sort of, you know, negate that, to, to negate um, sadness and hurt and grief and all Using that Using humor of. to deal with trauma? Ah, uh, what's that like? Never done that. <laughs> done, I've done that my whole life, so I'm still doing it. So I, actually, I, I uh, sympathize with that, but I feel like you needed a moment with her. She was at, she had that moment on the ship where right before they get to uh, the shadow realm where she sort of is dealing with it and reckoning with it at that moment. But I thought there should have been, should have been more of that. I think this movie, uh, we, we left this movie and I said to Dion, it needed to be longer. And he's like, what do you mean longer? I'm like, just, just, just have more set up and more payoff and more um, prepping and more um, groundwork to build in those moments of sadness. You can't just have the, it's not a, it's not a ice cream. It's not a Sunday where you can just mix in the chocolate with the peanut butter and the, the frosting and all that. You can, you got to uh, compartmentalize all of this stuff uh, separately, so you can so you can savor each 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 moment. Um, yeah. Um, and then overall with the MCU, I'm going to quote David Ehrlich here. I have a quote from his from his review of Thor: Love and Thunder. He said, "Quote: After 14 years of galactic-like growth, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has gotten too large to sustain the metastatic metastatic expansion that allows it to become such a culture-devouring force, and is too successful to risk taking a different approach." Which you know, this people are saying this is different, this is wild, this is out there, and it's uh, doing a lot of the same things that Ragnarok did. It's very funny, it's very bright, it's very colorful. You have a lot of humor in it. And I feel like they went too too hard into the humor. They were like, okay, what's what did people like about Ragnarok? They like the humor. Okay, turn that up to eleven. I feel like they could have just either kept the same amount of humor or even a little less. I, w- I would have been fine with. Um, so that's about my overall thoughts <laughs> on that. What you guys? What do you guys think about all that? I mean, I think the, the whole. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead uh, Dean. Yeah, I came in hot. I know I got startled. <laughs> I'm going to push back on the Natalie Portman can't be funny thing. Uh, a queue up. Lonely Island, Natalie Portman, yeah. doing yes. her rap. Sure. Yes. Yeah, you can suck on these nuts like gusher, buddy. <laughs> okay. Okay. Damn, man, you a crazy chick. No, I, I, I think I want to... I know, bitch. I want to push back against the whole notion, because it's something I hear a lot about, like, oh, all the Marvel movies, they're just the same. They're so formulaic. And I think that is... I mean, it's true to a degree in the same way that all A24 movies are the same, you know? And... 
like they're all kind of like sad like movies from like indie directors and stuff like that and obviously there's differences between midsummer and the witch you know and there's just like there's differences between uh wandavision and um you know guardians of the galaxy and captain america too you know they are they're all they feel like they're in the same universe because they are but then they can still do different things so i think that there is definitely a style but like a lot of studios have a kind of uh consistent um theming and thread through them so i i think that is maybe a little bit overblown and it's a little bit of the 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 grumpy grandpa scorsese's of the world (laughs) getting mad about Uh "Ah, superheroes you know yeah I think it's different. I think the diff- the differences in you can definitely see them in Shang Chi. That was a great movie, one of my favorites from Phase Four yeah. so far. Uh, Spider Man had different different feeling to it. I think these do. Sam Raimi, what he did with uh, Doctor Strange was incredible. I think they all are standalone movies. They all stand alone in their own um, tone and rhythm and pacing. And I think that's great. Uh, that's what part of my problem. Mm-hmm. And I'll just use that to pivot into my main problem, which is they aren't leading into anything. What's the big bad? What's the next story? What's the story arc? Where's it going? I had this thought the other day of like Kevin Feige said the other day he's gonna they're going to be Secret Wars. It's it's Secret Wars. It it is, but when, where, and who, and how, and just just a little like hey, I heard maybe there is like this thing going on like um. Somebody could have said anywhere along the way in the gods, in the Coliseum, hey, there's this guy and he's over here and this other thing's happening and there's these multiverses and just a little little reference here to that. Um, so I have this written down. Basically, my favorite one of my favorite parts of disaster movies and monster movies is the first like, you know, 20, 25 minutes, 30 minutes where like in Independence Day, Godzilla, you have that moment where the scientists are like, oh, there's like this uh, – uh, a probe went out over here or there's like a fishing vessel that went missing off the coast of this thing. And that moment in uh, Godzilla in, in the Matthew Broderick Godzilla, where he's standing in the, he's standing in the footprint of Godzilla and like, Holy shit, this thing's huge. And this thing is coming and we've got to be prepared. And Oh my God, amazing. They, I, I want that stuff peppered into the MCU. Like they did with Thanos. Thanos was in um, guardians, guardians one, which understandably, okay. That was in phase two. That was in 2014. That was six years after they started phase one. Okay. We're only in, and, you know, it's a year and a half in, 18 months in. Okay, that's fine. Why couldn't, if they knew that they weren't going to pepper in um, little um, Easter eggs to what's coming, um, maybe in 2023, 2024, then just say that. Like, say at the beginning of phase four, hey guys, don't expect anything major until next year, until 2023, 2024. That's when we're going to lead into the next big bad. If he had said that, I would have been fine with all these movies being standalone and not referencing each other and not referencing what's coming forward. But he didn't say that. And so because of that, now I'm like, what are we doing? Where's this plan? Where's the MCU going? Uh, Somebody could have said, oh, there's Kang. There's this guy, Kong. I don't know. Somebody's coming. Somebody's been talking about it. There's a rumor. There's just a morsel, just a morsel of crumb. Mm, I'm hungry. I'm a little piggy boy. and I'm hungry for a morsel of anything. Please give it to me. <laughs> That's all. So I will. I will say two things. Yes. To that. First. Yes. First of all, did you see Doctor Strange? Because that whole movie, they're like, oh, an incursion can happen, and two two universes can slam together. That and that combined with all the stuff that's going on locally is clearly building up multiverses and universes fighting each other it didn't happen in thor i grant you but that's already two things that have given you your morsels uh (laughs) and the second thing i will say is i feel like that argument you made is completely the opposite of the one you were just making where you're like 
oh, all these Marvel movies, they're, you know, or that at least the, the guy you quoted was making of these movies being too homogenous, them being too, like, of a piece and not being able to do their own thing, like Taika do his own thing. That was always the worst part of those Phase 2 Marvel movies is like, oh, we we have to have this scene in Avengers 2 where Thor goes to a magic jacuzzi. <laughs> it has nothing to do with this movie. It's just here so we can set up future things. Those were always the worst parts of those movies. So yes. I'm glad I just got to see a standalone Thor movie that yeah. just got to do its own thing. And I do think we are still getting those morsels, but it does feel like Phase 1 where it's like, all right, we're telling some more standalone stories. We'll pepper in pepper in a couple things, just like we did with Phase 1. Like, oh, here's the Tesseract that showed up in, in, in uh, you know, Captain America. And, you know, even Thor 1 kind of grinds to a halt for a second where they're like, oh, Coulson's here, you know. Or that <laughs> yeah. was the problem with Iron Man 2. Was Iron Man 2 was all just setting up future movies. And I think that, you know, there is a balance to strike between this is its own like this movie has to feel like a movie it doesn't yeah. have to feel like something for the next movie you know yeah yeah i'm ready to eat yeah yeah, yeah go ahead Dion. i got i got, I got to, i'm somewhere in between both of you where it's like all right yeah i want to see the next big bad but maybe that's on me maybe like derek brought up you saw at the end of dr strange you saw that at the end of loki and and um that clearly the next threat has to be like universal level threat kind of so i like the idea of having these other superheroes just having like these normal little lives on on earth like earth's the biggest deal but they don't know that maybe you're looking at it like an mcu like everything has to be connected look at it as like these three these three movies these endings where these guys are going this is like the true event you gotta like anticipate crashing into the rest of their phase five of the mcu you know what i mean when i say that Sort of. What do you mean? Basically, I'm saying how everything doesn't have to be tied together. Like, okay, so think about you got your your normal everyday humans right here, and yes. they don't even know, like, it's like, okay, so Spider-Man protects me from this criminal, blah, blah, blah. But then you got, like, a story where Thor is off fighting this god where yeah. it's just like, all right, well, if, if, if Gord succeeded in killing all these gods, the whole universe would be, like, a very different place, uh... Or, you know, the he world might be told, he said thrown that, yeah, into in total there. darkness. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah. So, like, to have that happen, like, all these little peons on Earth or something, like, just completely oblivious to the real dangers that are happening. So here we are as fans. We're like, oh, well, uh, I want to see, like, all these connected. I want to bring in, the, bring in the big bad, whoever it is, Kang, whatever. But what if it was just restricted to, you know, just the Lokis, the Doctor Strange, the, 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 the characters that have, like, this that deal in the multi multiverses or whatever, like that's, that's what you need to focus on. That's the MCU moving forward. Mm -hmm. Did I bring it together at all? Yeah. No, a little, I get you. I, I, yeah. Go ahead. And I think, you know, you run the danger of like doing what Boba Fett did, which is like, it was five episodes of a show and they're like, hold on, we got to put in the Mandalorian here. We got to put in Luke. We got to do the, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What story are you even telling? Because you were doing one thing, and as much as I love The Mandalorian, and that was the best episode of the show, it was just an episode of The Mandalorian. We were just not doing Boba Fett anymore. So that's oh, yeah. the danger I think you run into if you're just like, well, everything has to set up something else. And that's why I had a, I was big on Obi-Wan is because it was Obi-Wan. It was done. It was one season. I mean, there might be a season two, but this arc is complete. They didn't be like, oh, well, Ahsoka's here too, and maybe we'll see her in another show. Like, there was none of that shit. And that's, that's, I think that's a dangerous thing. You know, you got to kind of play it. You got to not overplay your hand on that, on that front. 
Yeah. True. It, and another yeah. another point I was thinking too. I think that like like you can't just say, hey, like every single one of these movies is going to end towards something, like stay past the credits and you know, he will give you this secret thing, which all the secret scenes actually have kind of sucked mostly. Yes. But you know, like Doctor Strange had like the the one that at least kind of moved like the the threat level forward. Like all these other ones, it was just like, ah, oh, like a little feel good thing or something like that. But the ones that actually moved the threat forward like that's i think maybe think about mcu as a whole the directors that are involved it's like well we can't just you know always give you what you want like you want to stick around for this secret scene like all right sometimes you win sometimes you lose but we can't just lay out the trail for you now they want maybe they want the whole uh series now to be uh or phase five to, to be a mystery like you don't know what's coming next mm-hmm. yeah i and, and that's a marketing thing too. room you know because like when john when uh you know uh piece of shit Joss Whedon decided to put Thanos at the end of Avengers 1 he just kind of did that on a whim and that just kind of became the thing so they you know they might still be figuring it out they don't need they don't want to pigeonhole themselves you know like box themselves in to be like all right this is the story we have to tell leave some options open yeah I'm wondering if if Sean Gunn or Sean Gunn uh James Gunn uh put in Adam Warlock just on a whim because that was what 2016 uh, Guardians 2. So that's, you know, six years ago now. And I understand, uh, COVID happened and everything's being pushed forward, but I'll give them, I'll give them credit or give them, uh, give them a break if they aren't ready to introduce, you know, Galactus or introduce things like that yet, then that's fine. So maybe they're, they're, they're not doing that because they're not ready to do it. And that's fine. But also communicate. You have, <laughs> you have Twitter, you have blogs, you have, um, upcoming, uh, what is it? Disney, Disney thing. What's the Comic Con? You have, you have places to make announcements and tell us, tell the fans what the plan is, what's coming forward, what to expect. And I would just like more communication on that front of just being like, Hey guys, I know you want Galactus. I know you want Kang. I know you want these Fantastic Four. I know you want all of this stuff coming, but, uh, it, it will be here. It's not coming next year. It's not coming the year after. But just be patient. That's all I want. You know, like I said, at the very beginning, if if there wasn't going to be an allusion to what's coming next in the phase one, then just sell us. I would have been fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> put all, put well, all, put all know. the cards on the table. I, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I kind of don't care if they tweet or not, but I guess no? this is more of yeah. a personal preference. I, I just want to see it in the movies. I don't need to know what's coming before I see it. I would rather just be surprised. That's personally, I mean, I don't like yeah. to watch trailers for the same reason, you know. Sure. So, um, just talk about D- Thor. D- Damien yeah. is just, he, yeah. he's Damien's the MCU daddy. Like, you know, <laughs> this is this was his little child, oh, and yeah. for like years. This was a thing he that his uh, his world centered around, so I can understand that he's a little invested. Yes, uh, I want I'm gonna quote somebody on Twitter. Hot Wings on Twitter said, "Quote: I'm a garbage dipshit baby pig, and it still blows my mind that there's four goddamn Thor movies. So pile that shit into my trough. I love it. Oink oink. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it to me. Give it to me. All. I love it. I love it all. Just give me yep, all the yep, secret yep, stuff." Yep. Um, what did you guys think of like just the fact that I, uh, me and Deanne saw this opening night? Or we saw it Friday opening night. I saw it Thursday even mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, not great audiences. Do you think audiences are are expecting too much? <laughs> they weren't great. I was clapping. I was cheering. I was like, woo. I know you were clapping. <laughs> yeah, finally, everybody was just like, this guy. <laughs> this fucking guy, man. <laughs> I, I, mean, I was clapping because of silence. Good. You're clapping because of silence. a good audience. You saw the pretty good audience. That that sucks. That's, I mean, yeah, that's, that's good for you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I'm just a little disappointed. I guess our our audience <laughs> expecting too much. Our audience expecting end game level events, end game level um, set pieces. Is that why they're not cheering? Or you said your audience cheered, so maybe I'm just an outlier over here. 
Yeah, like like when uh, Natalie Portman showed back up, people were like, "Oh yeah, she's back." You know, people, even everybody knew it was just like good to see yeah. her back. You know, and stuff like that. So yeah, that's I was true. I was stoked when Darcy showed up. You know, so, so yeah, well, I, I think I had a pretty good audience. You know, I saw it in a big Dolby theater. Uh, same thing, uh, Thursday night preview. So yeah, let me ask you this question because there's something I taught I mentioned to Dion. What if they you know, the, all the advertisements, all the uh, marketing for this has, you know, Natalie Portman as Thor and all of those previews. Do you think that was a mistake? Like, could you imagine them doing um, commercials for Endgame and having them show Captain America catching the hammer? Would you think it was a mistake to show Natalie Portman catching the hammer being being Thor? I mean, it's such a big part of the movie that I think, you know, you, you, you kind of have to put it in the trailers. Uh, I mean, I am still upset that they showed uh, Hulk. In uh in the Ragnarok trailer, that would have been so yes. cool of a thing. But I mean, I don't know how you get around that stuff. I mean, I know they didn't. I'm really glad they didn't put them in the trailers for the Spider other Spider Man in the trailers for the new Spider Man movie. But still, everybody knew. Like you can't hide this stuff, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. All right. So, any any other closing thoughts on Thor's Love and Thunders? I think we covered it. I think yeah, we covered, I think, yeah. covered, <laughs> we got, we covered, covered the, the whole thing. All right, yes. This I is the most a... I've talked about a movie I kind of enjoyed in a while. <laughs> this is the most I've talked about a movie I hate in about five minutes. <laughs> 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 All right, so jumping back to some of the stuff I watched the, this year. I also checked out Ambulance, the Michael Bay movie that I believe Derek had Ooh, as number yeah, th- yeah, yeah. Yeah, your number three of the year, correct? Mm-hmm. Some pretty, pretty high up yep. there, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I rented, I rented this on, on in 4K, even though I have it on my Plex. It was in 1080 on my Plex. I was like, mm, I need every little morsel. Again, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little piggy boy for all the little for That's all the pixels. Sweet, sweet 4K drone footage in this. Exactly, movie. it was pretty cool. So good, so good. Yeah, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is very good in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Abdul Mateen the second was great in this. Uh, Isa Gonzalez mm-hmm. was pretty good in this. I felt like they they yeah. for, kind of forgot about her character a little bit near the end. Do you do you think so as well? Uh, I mean, it's been th- yeah. two or three months since I've seen it now, so uh, I'm trying to remember like what she was doing at the end. But yeah, I think it becomes more of like, oh, it's the bro- it becomes more of like the bros are in this like the the, the bro- whole brother thing when they have a big shootout at the end and Yaya's wife shows up and stuff. So yeah, she does kind of take a backseat yeah. for a minute, but she does get that really great surgery scene. So I feel like that yeah. makes up for it. She <laughs> was so gross. The fucking <laughs> it was spleen, such a great scene. Spleen exploding in her hand. Jesus, that was oh nasty. Yeah, really great unhinged Jake Gyllenhaal. It was sort of like a more like not so psychotic version of his character in Nightcrawler. You've seen yeah. that movie, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dion, you've seen Nightcrawler, right? We watched that for... Yeah, it was great. What was it? We competed that... We put that up against uh, Zodiac, right? Zodiac, yep. Yeah, yeah. So if you like... I think I voted for uh, Night Nightcrawler. Did you? Interesting. Um, so yeah, if you liked his performance in that, I would recommend watching uh, watch an ambulance now streaming on DamiansPlex.com. Uh, let's see. Also checked out The Outfit. This is a little small thriller, 1950s thriller, starring Mike Mark Rylance, Zoe Deutsch. We got some uh, Johnny Flynn. I believe we saw some of him in Emma a couple of years ago in the 2020 movie Emma. Remember that movie, Dion? Oh, my God. Oh, Anna, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, did you even watch that's that? A good, that's I think a good- that was my... Yeah. My lowest rated movie that we've done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was gonna say I, that was a, that's a good reason. To see, like, if you if you didn't like Emma, do not watch Mr. Malcolm's List. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> Emma is a much better version of Mr. Malcolm's List. I'll say that right now. 
Yes. So this is a great movie uh, directed by Graham Moore. He directed The Imitation Game as well. I believe, and again, mm-hmm. so many, also, so many, yep. yeah, another movie we watched for the movie Cage Match a couple of years ago. I think, did you like Imitation Game? I voted for that. You voted yep, for that. I did. That, that. Was, uh, that was fun. I was. I liked the whole puzzle behind it. Yes. Yeah. It's a very good movie. So this is also uh, the movie. The outfit is also brought by that same director. Uh, let me see here. Lost the thread here a little bit. IMDb. So yeah, great, great Mark Rylance character. I love him. I think he was misused, miscast in Don't Look Up as the sort of uh, unhinged uh, tech genius. I think they could have gotten pretty much anybody else and it would have been a better huh. casting choice there. Yeah. What do you think about him in Don't Look Up? I mean, I don't know. He was fine. You know, <laughs> he's like, fine, yeah. Like, yeah, he's fine. You know, I think he's better. And even though it's a bad movie, um, Ready Player One, I think he's a lot better as that kind of the tech genius in that one. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yeah, really great taunt little thriller. Like, what, what's it about? Who's who's doing what? The gangsters come in, are uh, have a little uh, standoff in, in the, the guy's um, office there. So, yeah, a really great movie. The Outfit, highly recommend that. And one more thing very quickly, Sundown is a movie starring, oh, sorry, I thought I had my stuff pulled up, but apparently not. Give me one second here. Sundown is a movie starring, um, what's the guy's name here? Tim Roth. There's some Tim Roth in here. Mm. Charlotte's Charlotte Gain, Gainsborough is also in this film. Great little character piece, character study, uh, short, uh, short little character study. Would highly recommend. One of the best movies I've seen this year, actually. I have a, I have a whole thing on my... On my letterbox, B underscore for Benedetta. So check out my list of everything so far this year. It's everything I've seen, not just 2020 movies. So check out that list on my letterbox that is on there. Uh, let's go to Reading Corner. Let's go to head over to Book Corner. I've read two uh, Stephen King short story collections. One of them had The Shawshank Redemption and The Body, which was the Stand By Me movie. It was made into Stand By Me. Very good movie. Very good uh, collection of short stories mm-hmm. there. Shawshank Redemption was very was pretty much the movie it was everything in there very very um faithful faithful adaptation they did for shawshank redemption one of my favorite favorite movies of all time right perfect movie right right shawshank's great yeah i agree (laughs) yes great great stuff and again i've had a very much nostalgia trip with stuff like apollo 10 and a half and stand by me very much the nostalgia trip uh coming of age trip for me and i read the saturday night ghost club i believe it's a very short novella 300 page novella about a kid growing up in in the late 80s and his eccentric uncle um takes him under his wing to try to uh find some ghosts in their neighborhood it's very good very good one of those very short for short little story highly recommend that uh derek you've also been watching stuff for all mankind Mm -hmm. how's that going that is going really well. Um, I'm binging it, so it's it's currently airing its season three right now. Um, I'm about halfway through season two. Uh, for anyone, have you guys seen it at all? Not at all. No. Uh, you guys nope. know the premise. Yes. Okay, so for anybody no. who is not familiar, basically the premise of the show is that uh, in 1969, we the U.S. gets beaten to uh, beaten to the moon by the Soviet Union. And therefore, the space race never ends. So the U.S. So we get beaten to the moon. So we're like, okay, well now we got beat the moon. We got to be the first one to build a base on the moon. And then we build a base up there. And Russia builds a base up there, and it keeps continuing. It's like, okay, we're going to go to Russia. So it is kind of this interesting alternate history. And you see how you know events would theoretically play out if you know this had happened, and it starts diverging more and more and more from actual history. Uh, 
really interesting uh, ensemble cast. Joel Kinnaman doing the best work I think he's ever done uh, in this. There was a scene that absolutely just wrecked me the other day uh, in the middle of season two with him and his wife um, and a uh, and their adopted daughter that uh, kind of comes in in season two. And that scene is just was incredible. Like he should get an Emmy for this. Um, currently airing season three right now. Um, so I'm trying to catch up to that and get up to date with that. But yeah, for all mankind, you know, just I love all these space shows we talked about for for or the space NASA movies, uh, like we just talked about First Man, and I love the kind of like okay, it's all about characters solving problems. Um, you have a really big, like I said, ensemble cast. You have um, uh, my favorite character is played by Penny from Lost. She shows up. Uh, she is really incredible. There's this, this is a show that actually has some really solid queer representation. There is a main character who is uh, a lesbian and her kind of like trying to see if she wants to come out and she's a public figure in the 70s and 80s. So there's all this these hangups about that and do her co-workers accept her and all this stuff. So I cannot recommend it. And once again, Apple Plus doing some amazing TV. Yeah, Apple Plus has some of the best TV on there. Uh, what else did I recommend on there? Pachinko is great on there. You watched Severance mm. already. That's on there. Yes, uh, yes. If you're in the mood for a spy thriller, uh, Slow Horses is great on there. So many great shows on there, I believe. What's the um, Rob Malkinani? Rob, Rob Malkinani, however you say his name. Oh, uh, Mythic, Quest. Mythic I, Quest. I'm also all caught up on Mythic Quest. I've been, oh, nice. I, yeah, just finished season two a little bit ago. Uh, that is another really great show, uh, and there's some. It's uh, you know, it's the same same team who did Always Sunny, uh, yeah. with Rob McElhermy like you know starring in it. So yeah, really great character drama centered around a video game company, and because it's Apple Plus, it can do some things that you know they wouldn't be able to do necessarily on FX. Yeah, yeah, amazing, amazing platform on there, and uh, Miss mm. Marvel again, the mid stuff, mid Somar. We're talking about mid 2022 or. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have to say it. Not great show. Uh, I'm not enjoying it. What do you think, Derek? I like it. You know, uh, I especially liked this most recent episode where you kind of go back and see the stuff that was happening with the history in uh, India and Pakistan and what was going on with her family. And, uh, you know, it's some it's some stuff that, uh, you know, it's, it's divul- diverting from a lot of, you know, for so long Marvel got criticized for being just about uh, straight white guys. Uh, and this is a teen... Um, like a uh, Muslim character. So, you know, seeing her and her family, I think is pretty interesting. I mean, it's not incredible. It's not the best Marvel show, but they are doing some interesting stylistic stuff that, uh, you know, with, you know, the not so much in this last episode because it wouldn't be appropriate with the tone. Uh, but with, you know, the previous episodes that look is kind of reminiscent of Spider-Verse, how they're are kind of like comic things written on stuff. So I've been digging it, you know, and I'm excited to see the last episode. The plot is a little... Um, kind of like, all oh, right, we've seen this before. It is kind of like, oh, we've got to stop, save the world through this yeah. this vague thing coming through. That's not great. But I'm also, and also, uh, great to see Armist Knight, who I was a really big fan of on a very underrated and little seen um, show, Into the Badlands. And to see him oh. getting some work again is really cool. He's getting to play a superhero on the MCU. He's, uh, I can't remember, the Red Scarf or something like that. Um, but he, because they never actually say his na- superhero name in the show, but. Uh, he's very cool. I'm getting to see him pop up again because he's he's a great actor. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I just, uh, you know, pacing, 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 pacing has been a huge problem. I think Thor Love and Thunder's pacing at the very beginning was not great. Um, 
Miss Marvel pacing not great. I think Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, Obi Wan, all decent shows, all could have been movies. Easily could have been movies. Mm, yeah. I think it's very obvious that they That's are. Fair. Yeah, just just is the mouse <laughs> trying to wring as much blood as they can out of this stone, and it's just kind of obvious that they are doing the stuff to be like, hey, keep keep the service. You got to keep the service. If you want these shows, you want to keep watching the shows. Miss Marvel is going to be leading to the next thing. Keep the keep the service. Miss Marvel is going to lead into uh, what's the next one? Um, Miss uh, She Hulk, right? She Hulk is going oh, to be the next, yeah. the next service on Disney Plus. So just like yeah, I, I see, I see you. I, I can read, I can read the Matrix, guys. I see the, I Damien, see the numbers. How can you, how can you complain <laughs> about this being like you have to watch this to understand the next thing in the same podcast that you're like movie. they're not having enough connective stuff between <laughs> like these movies? I don't need nine what hours. are you talking about? Man? <laughs> I don't need nine hours <laughs> of this Marvel. I could see it in an hour and a half. Give me an hour I'm and a half. Saying, give me two man, hours. You can't be like, well, you can't. Whoa, I should. I'm only watching this There's because it has to lead to the next thing. I hated this because it was ground. standalone. What? There's a good middle ground between six-hour thing and a two-hour thing. You can make a movie two and a half hours and tell a good story. You don't need six hours of Ms. Marvel. I don't need six hours of Moon Knight. I don't need 19 hours of Stranger Things. There's ways to pace out a story and the ways to tell a story that can be not too long and not too short. I just think there's a happy middle ground between um, TV shows and movies. That's all I'm saying. That's all, all I'm right, saying. All right. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I know. I know. And I'm a. I, I, I'm. A, I'm a piggy. I'm a capitalist piggy. I will slurp. A slurp from the teat of Mickey Mouse. I'm a dirty piggy. They're gonna put it in my trough, and I'm gonna slurp it up, and I'm gonna say thank you, thank you, Lord Mickey Mouse. Give me more. Thank you, sir. Give me more. I'm gonna do it. You know I will. Uh, but I. But also, I'm gonna complain about it. <laughs> that's all i'm not gonna like that's it. what i'm here for guys this is the content i'm not calling them dad <laughs> this is how you get the clicks this is how you get the subscribers this is how you get the followers by being by being uh, inflammatory you say things that piss people off that's how you get the people that's how you get the the numbers <laughs> it's like no stop it <laughs> Right, Dion. You know, you know about no, the numbers. No, you're right. You, no, yeah, you're 100. You know right. about the numbers. Yeah. Bring in the numbers. Bring the heat. Bob you know not even my Bring real dad. The numbers, <laughs> dude. I, that's why. I, <laughs> that's why I let Damien go when he just goes off. And I see you've been doing it too. You just let him go, and it just draws him in. <laughs> Draw the people. He's like dance puppets, dance. <laughs> Bring in the heat. Yes. Anything God, else, Dion? You got to talk about this week. Anything? Any games? Any movies? Any books you're reading? I want. Yeah. I watched uh, Minions: Rise of Gru. Ooh, uh, ooh, yeah, cinematic masterpiece. It is. No, if we talk about continuity here, like they gained powers in this one, and this one happened what? well before. I, what? I I didn't like that. Yeah, Minions. The Minions gained Bullshit, the power. It's not canonical. And it's just like they're not. Yeah, and there were characters that were introduced that like they they clearly have to have another movie. So like one of them is they they introduce this this little fat minion. I mean, no, big fat minion. The other ones are a little fat, but th- this one's big fat. <laughs> and you don't see him in any of these other movies. So either he has to like walk off into the sunset with somebody or like, does a minion actually, they're indestructible, but does someone find a way to destruct this, this fat big minion? Like I, I have questions I need answered. We need, <laughs> we need the real answers about minions. I Loki. I mean, I I didn't I like I didn't see Minions two yet. I, I didn't like Minions one, but Loki. I like the Despicable Me movies. You know, like I think Despicable Despicable Me two is a very good movie. Yeah, I enjoyed all the Despicable Me's. Yep. Yeah. I have, there was more. There was more dialogue in it. I don't know. That they made it, it was more than just. I don't. 
Banana. Banana. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, exactly. More than that. I have yet to see any of the Despicals or the Minionses. I am uh, I'm above that. I don't I don't consume childish content oh, okay. such as the Minions. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I would never. I would never. I would never ever consume such. You see Steve Carell when he puts on the suit with the big nose, and you're like, ugh. Oh, dear. Yeah. excuse me, sir. I need yeah. to go watch a Marvel movie and complain I'm about a, it. I'm a th- I'm a thespian, okay. Don't, <laughs> dirty my mind with such things I'm a Philistine. <laughs> anyways let's wrap it up there uh yeah then i watched yeah, I, hold on i yes. got one more i watched uh i, I kind of on me and my wife had a date night last night and we were trying to figure out something to watch later on and it it, it came down to the unbearable weight of massive talent mm-hmm. and the green knight and the green knight won out oh, no. and boy was that a mistake oh, no. date night <laughs> oh, no. ruined Date night ruined. <laughs> she was so mad watching this. She's like, I have, like, we were like seven minutes in, and she's like, I have no idea what's happening. Why? What is happening? I was like, well, this dude came in and he issued a challenge, but it's not a challenge, it's a game? Question mark. On Christmas, asked to have head cut off and then told person to come to me in one year and I cut your head off. She's like, I'm out, like, instantly. Nine minutes incredible time <laughs> he bailed but that said i went through the whole thing oh. and this was uh this was this was something man this uh they were good they were funny part not not funny parts that what am i saying they were good parts i like the the cinematography that it had mm-hmm. but man like if if you weren't familiar with that poem um uh, the medieval poem that this was based on like if you're going in cold, I read it after. So, yeah, I went into this cold, and it was just like, it was not what I was expecting. I mean, so I went that, cold. Maybe that was on me. I went cold. I, I, I got to say, I mean, I, I dug it, but I can get why. I, it's one of those movies where, like, I watched this, so I was like, I dug it, but I get why people don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it felt like a little, it, it kind of felt epic, but at the same time, like, it felt like it was missing something. And I think well, the thing that was missing was just that my, my total involvement. I wanted to like it. I went into <laughs> it wanting to like it, and I just didn't find my way there. But I did like how it ended. Uh, I even read further in on it that it was kind of like a reverse of how the poem goes, and I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I read the poem, too, and, and um, yeah. I mean, I liked it in the end, and it, it, it had, you know, it, it made me – it was one of those get you thinking afterwards where mm. it's just like, maybe, you know, life isn't about – destination is about the journey you take mm-hmm. uh maybe it's not being right all the time it's just being right when it matters mm-hmm. you know like that kind of stuff it's like okay okay all right good job well man done, good job yes. <laughs> indeed <laughs> indeed okay so uh let's do some plugs coming to the end here let's do some plugs uh criterion sales going on uh derek how many how many criterions yep. have you bought in the past couple days I mean, I bought zero, but I've sold about oh. a million to a bunch of smelly dudes because my day job Listen. is working at Barnes and Noble, and I'm in the music department a lot. How dare you? I just How dare you? Excuse me, sir. Uh, they got a stack, and it's just Damon's like, like these are my people. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Oh man, the gentle minions bought it, some Criterion's. Yep. It's a bunch of white dudes buying fucking Akira Kurosawa DVDs and thinking they're cool. <laughs> the thespians. They're thespians. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I I've never f- seen so much Fellini in my fucking life. So many discs <laughs> of Fellini. How dare you? You don't you don't understand the neo neo realism <laughs> genre, sir. I'm gonna go, go. I mean, I'm I'm probably gonna pick up the Day Trippers, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's see. We got the medium blog going on. My takes, my hot takes. You can read those hot, hot off the press takes. Uh, why 2022 has been so aggressively mid from two weeks ago. Aversion to risk taking is going to be the MCU's downfall. It was a couple of days ago. So check those out if you want to be, if you want to be, uh, burned with my, with my hot takes over there on huh? medium medium.damian.sherman.com over there i am on letterboxd at b underscore f-o-r-b-e-n-e-d-e-t-t-e-t-t-a b for benedetta on letterboxd i'm on youtube at the film essayist check out my uh film my uh video essays over there uh go to anchor.com for great way to upload a podcast and check out my new interview with tiktoker cinematech aka cj he's does these amazing like uh 30 30 for 45 second uh tiktoks on there solving the framed.com uh quite the, the the puzzle that came out right after the wordle the world craze swept the world and there were imitators come up coming out of the wazoo like framed, like uh, hurdle. Hurdles are great. Like, what's the song? You you hear a song, you hear one second of a song, and you have to guess what the song is. That's called hurdle. <laughs> that came out of the wordle craze. So, yeah, check out my interview with yeah, that guy. That was, that was a great interview, man. I, I gotta say, I listened to that episode, and uh, everybody, if you haven't already, go back check that out. It was really good stuff. Very very insightful uh, on film, that guy for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I agree. I, I was telling him that too. I was just like, "Hey, all you had to do was just ask a question. He just went off. He he he, he took you on an adventure, buddy. And all your listeners. So <laughs> yeah. that was real good. You, that, that was an easy job for you. Very easy. I just had a, just a hit record, hit stop, edit, post. That was it. Yep. You knew what the questions to ask, though. You hit. You're a good interviewer, and you don't, you know, interrupt and talk over. You just let him do his thing. So I appreciate that. You know. Yeah, thank mm-hmm. you, thank you. I want, I want to do more of that in the future. Anybody listening that want to come on, uh, hit me up, uh, bicycle at gmail.com. Uh, Derek, what you got to plug? So, yeah, my main thing is I've got another podcast that I do called Underrated, where it's another film podcast where I talk about movies that are underrated or underappreciated, uh, whatever it might be. Uh, every other week we got a new episode, so when, when you're hearing this, there is a new episode coming out today. Uh, we just had our episode on Inside Lewin Davis come out. Uh, we had a um, friend of the show, uh, Austin, come on. She's a film designer. She uh, works on another podcast as well. Um, so she had some really cool insights, and it was really fun breaking down it. First Coen Brothers movie we've talked about on Underrated, because there's not a lot of underrated ones of those, but I think that one kind of qualified. And then I'm on Letterboxd and uh, all that good stuff, too. Just Derek McDuff on Letterboxd and Medium and... Uh, uh, Derek's photos on Instagram, but uh, yeah, give, give underrated a listen if you haven't already. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Inside Lone Day is one of my favorite uh, Coen Brothers movies of the 2010s. Uh, no Country is still one of my favorite overall. Um, love Inside Lone Davis. I love uh, A Serious Man. I love their smaller movies. Really great. Really great. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Type of movies that they make over there. Dion, you are a man, myth, legend, <laughs> a person, you're, you're a people. You're a man of the people. You're on the streets. You're hitting those streets hard. Shaking hands, shaking babies, kissing babies, right? Yeah, I'm so much a man of the people that I have nothing to plug. So <laughs> if you guys wanted a social, why don't you just take the time and go to one of their stuff yes. going on? Because it's a lot cooler than anything I got going on. <laughs> All right. So with that, for episode number 142 of Can I Say Something, I've been Damien. I've been Derek. I've been Duke. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.